The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Dreisaitl, who now will take a face-off and win it cleanly to the right of goaltender Laurent Brassois. Beaten off the draw was Nick Waugh. Here's a drive, Bouchard, tip, save, rebound, score. Dreisaitl. Fifth of the series, 12th of the playoffs, and Edmonton takes a 1-0 lead at 2:21 of the first period of Game 2. Well, the Oilers got it going early and did not look back. Four goals in the first period, really a dominant opening 20 minutes by the Oilers tonight, and they cruise to a 5-1 victory over Vegas, so the best-of-seven series is tied 1-1. Dreisaitl, two more goals. He's up to 13 in the playoffs. The record for most goals in one playoff, Leach and Curry share it with 19. Dreisaitl's already at 13. Hyman had three assists tonight. McDavid, two goals and an assist. And Skinner makes 30 saves. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. We know it's a very difficult time for a lot of people in the province. Some people are out of their homes, worried about their homes, fires, I mean, multiple fires. And if you're tuning in tonight, affected by that, uh, we're thinking of you. We wish you the best. Uh, We hope we give you a, a little bit of relief from that talking about hockey for the next hour or so but we know it's it's a very difficult time for a lot of you as the Oilers do get the win tonight Robin and we I think we got to start with the first period I mean a lot of chatter the last two days well how are the Oilers going to respond uh perfectly is is that an overstatement yeah well it's funny there's there's nervous people that are Oilers fans but I don't think anyone that watches this team or anyone in the dressing room was really worried about the response this is a team that uh, the few times they've faced adversity over the last three or four months, they've responded properly. Uh, it's a team that knew what they did wrong in game one and came out with a game plan in, in game two and were uh, exceptional at it. Uh, they forced the Vegas Golden Knights to take a couple penalties early and then their power play does what their power play does and that score goals and incredibly deflating for the Vegas Golden Knights. They had high hopes of coming into this game and, and taking a stranglehold on it and all of a sudden, two penalties, two goals, they're down to nothing, and they're reeling. So this was a game that the Edmonton Oilers uh, desperately wanted. They came in and did everything they needed to do to steal home ice advantage and come back to Edmonton tied 1-1. Rob, the, the Oilers have posted a photo of Evander Kane blowing a kiss to a fan during that scrum, and she was showing him a couple specific digits on each hand. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, they show, I, I watched that one on TV that she was very adamant she, yes, of she was, uh, what, she, what she thought of Evander Kane. A little PG-13 there for a while. Well, uh, there, was, there was some PG-13 stuff the time Ovechkin won a Stanley Cup in that same wall. It's almost pretty close to the same area, except it wasn't two <laughs> digits that that young lady was showing. It is. <laughs> 
It's a 5-1 win for the Edmonton Oilers. So the Japanese Village Goal Light is on on 630Shed.com. Head there and print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite teppanyaki steak restaurants. Come in and check out their new location at 3975 Calgary Trail. And I should say, I mean, serious situation with the fires. We will have an 830 newscast in about two and a half minutes. Uh, Thomas Dias will have the latest and then another newscast, of course, at 9 o'clock. Global News Radio 880 with continuing coverage there. And uh, our friends over at Global Television will have everything you need to know on their late-night television cast as well. Uh, Dreisaitl's pace, Rob, I mentioned. I mean, just amazing. He scores the first goal of the game. For that brief time, he had every Oilers goal in the series. And, uh, <laughs> you know, quite frankly, he, he was poised for a hat trick on a couple other occasions tonight. Just he is dominant he is dominant, and had this game been closer, he probably would have had a hat-trick, but he was sat down along with Connor McDavid for most of the third period, didn't play on the last power play or so, and uh, he didn't need to as the team was, he and his teammates set the tone that the, the Oilers could sit their best two players over the course of the last, you know, 12, 14 minutes because they weren't needed. Uh, Drysaddle's been all world. Uh, it, it's You're on a team with the best player in the world, and... All eyes are on you because of what you've done thus far here in the in the playoffs. He he's scoring big goals and it's not he's not scoring the fifth or sixth goal in a five six one win. He's scoring the goals that uh, are the difference. He's the ones that set the tone and he's scoring it in so many different ways. Uh, and what I love about Leon Drysaddle, the first couple games of the playoffs, there was a lot of talk about the penalties he was taking and they were he took some silly ones. His his focus at time was on. Uh, after the whistle, more so than between the whistles. But since his penalty against Drew Dowdy, where he slashed him behind the leg, and it was a penalty, he completely changed the where his focus was. That he, You don't see him getting involved. He's not in the skirmishes afterwards. He's not the trash dog, and he's simply going out there and playing hockey. And he has been the best player in the playoffs this year, and that's pretty good considering some of the fantastic uh, performances around the National Hockey League. That's how good Leon Dreisettle has been. By the way, since it became a bit of a talking point after the last game, all three three stars were Oilers tonight. <laughs> <Dry-settled>. <laughs> That's funny. He, he scores four, he can't get a star. Tonight he sits down the whole third period with two goals and he's first star. <laughs> Drysaddle, the first star. McDavid, the second star. Bouchard, the third star. Tell you what, uh, you can go to the Twitter, my Twitter account and pick the fourth star of the game. We'll uh, get you the results of my poll a little bit later on for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer 5-1 the Oilers ticket uh, take it we're back after a uh, quick news and weather update this is Heartland Ford overtime open line Oilers hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers this is the Heartland Ford overtime open line here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers radio 630 Chad what a clear by Mark Stone CC fell down Stevenson breakaway backhander to nine Stuart Skinner Stevenson finding him and a pass too hard and behind the oncoming Braden McNabb Stevenson stopped point blank by Skinner off the breakaway that is Stuart Skinner's save of the game for Crystal Glass call 310 glass or visit crystalglass.ca Skinner Rob stopping 30 of 31 tonight so he gets the win really was not busy at all in the first period and then after that made the saves that he needed to good save on the on the breakaway made a great save on a night's power play with about 11 minutes left in the third a lot of talk about Skinner's game throughout the postseason but uh, well-deserved win for him this evening 
It was. First, before I go talk about Skinner, I got a buddy who's out there water bombing uh, the fires. My buddy Brian's out there. So all the people out there fighting the fires right now, I wish you all the best. Stay safe. Uh, Skinner was excellent. He, I mean, he wasn't tested a whole lot early, but those are sometimes hard on a goaltender because all the action's in the far end. And all of a sudden there's an opportunity coming against you and you have to make the save because you can't give them any life. And there was a play, I think it was 2 nothing for the Oilers, where it was a partial breakaway, he made a nice save. And the one thing that we've seen with, with Skinner is, and all the Oilers, but when they've had an off night, when they faced a little adversity, uh, it hasn't affected them. They've come back the next game confident, and all right, I'll, here's where I did wrong, and now I'm just going to correct it and do it right. And Skinner was the better goalie again tonight. And that's saying a lot because Bressois, even though he was pulled, probably made about 10, 12, 10 alarm saves on the Edmonton Oilers. But Skinner gives them that uh, safety net, gives them that confidence, that calmness at the back end that uh, the Oilers going into this game felt, all right, Skinner wasn't, that wasn't his greatest game last game, but we know we're going to get it tonight. So Skinner was good, uh, didn't have to be great, but he made the saves when he needed to make the saves. And and that's a good thing moving forward. Stuart, a confident Stuart Skinner creates a confident Edmonton Oilers team. 5-1, the Oilers win, as you might expect, in a game that was lopsided most of the night. Uh, the penalties did rack up. 54 penalty minutes for the Oilers, 70 for Vegas, so they combined for 124 minutes in penalties. I just checked the league record for most penalty minutes in a playoff game is 298. So they did not approach that. <laughs> Detroit and St. Hmm. Louis in April of 1991. Evander Kane very involved, as you usually expect. I, I, I know there's some chatter here about his uh, his dust-up with Colasar late in the second period. He, he did have Colasar down, and he went the, the body shot path with about three or four uh, shots to, looks like, Colasar's ribs. Um, I mean, do you think anything else might come of that for, for discipline, or is, is that highly unusual in your mind? Well, it's a little unusual. Usually when a guy's down, the, everything stops. Will there be any suspension or fine? No, I don't think so. I think that if he would have went to the face and continued to punch a guy in the face that was down, then you'd have an issue. Uh, no, and, and it, it's different for what Kane's punching Colossar in the, the stomach or ribs there, if that's you or I, I mean, it would really hurt. But I think the guys in the National Hockey League, they're a little stronger in the stomach area. Their abs actually have muscles, so it wouldn't really affect them that much. But no, I don't think there'll be anything extra. All right, Oilers take it 5-1. Again, the power play we continue to talk about as we have, well, quite frankly, the last three or four years, Rob, because it's been exceptional for a while. This year set a league record in the regular season for percentage three for six on the power play tonight, which means it's percentage for the playoffs drops. <laughs> uh, it's now at 56% for the postseason. Dry settle and Bouchard power play goals in the first McDavid, a power play goal in the second. Well, it is funny. And I, someone had told me that earlier Jack had, had tweeted something along the lines where the Oilers could go four for seven tonight in the power play and, and their percentage would go down. Well, it didn't quite get there, but three for six, it, it what a weapon. Seriously, what a weapon their power play is. It changes how teams play against you. Honestly, it does. Uh, Connor and Leon are the two best players in the world. And you would love to, every time they stepped on the ice, to be physical with them. To, you know, maybe give them an extra shot after the whistle. Anything. But you can't do that because whatever you do that 
and causes a penalty, you're giving a goal up. I mean, you can almost, if you if you are the Vegas Golden Knights coaching staff, you're telling your players every penalty you take is probably a goal. And you, so now you've got to back off on the physicality. Uh, you got to back off on the 50-50 things. You're like, you know, I might get away with this. I might not, but it might inflict a little bit of pain. You can't do that. So now you got a, a, an oiler team that's got that's highly skilled that you cannot even come close to the line with because if the referee decides, all right, you know, that's close to the line, I'm going to call it this time, you just put yourself in a big hole. And the Vegas Golden Knights, back-to-back games, they've taken a penalty in the first five minutes of the hockey game, which the Oilers capitalized on. And now you're chasing. And the Oilers are a very good front-running team because once they get the lead, you open it up a little bit, and now they're going to pick you apart. So uh, you and I talked about it earlier in the game or in the broadcast. Bob and I talked about it after the game. Th- this power play, it's I, – I don't know if there's words to describe it. And I've, I played my life on a power play. I played with Mario and Coffee, and there, there's nothing that we ever did in a game – that can compare to what this power play does now for the Edmonton Oilers. 5-1 Edmonton wins. Nick is also a winner tonight of a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. I set the line at 2.5. Oilers goals by players not named McDavid or Dreisaitl. Well, they got two each. Bouchard got one, so it's under. Nick wins set the line for River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement. Bet on it. Speaking of 97, and 29. Here they are at the mic for Eclipse Restoration, named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit eclipse247.ca. Let's um, try, and, try and capitalize. Connor, what was very present for your team tonight that maybe you were missing in game one? Like what quality showed up? Uh, yeah, I just thought we were, we played, played a lot faster. I thought uh, we were more connected. Um, you know, I thought, uh, you know, we were a little bit more aggressive. You know, all the things that uh, we've been building towards. Um, yeah. Uh, Connor, just over here. Um, you obviously, as a team, showed a lot of team toughness tonight. How much do you view the power play and the success that you guys have on it as part of that team toughness? Uh, I mean, certainly. I mean, if they want to run around and, and uh, you know, play that type of game, then, then uh, you know, we'll play on the power play all night if that's what they want. So, um you know, at the end of the day, we're not going to sit back and take it, though, either. You know, I thought we did a good job of a good mix of, of uh, you know, standing in there and sticking up for one another and, and uh, you know, also kind of, you know, staying disciplined like we always talk about. And, Leon, the power play was obviously very good in the regular season, even before Evan Bouchard took it over. But how has it changed with Evan Bouchard kind of at the at the helm back there? Um, yeah, he's brings brings another look um you know Tice was was amazing at it um you know he he was really good back there and we loved having him but um I think Bush maybe is a, a bit more of a shooter uh he obviously has an absolute bomb um not that Tice didn't but um yeah it's it's I don't know how much it has changed I feel like it hasn't that much uh we've always um been been pretty good at it so uh it just gives us another look their coach was just in here saying basically one of the best way you guys defended tonight was you just didn't let them have the puck. What has to be in place as a team? What do you need to be bringing to a game to essentially have the kind of game where you're not allowing the puck to go to a team as fast as they are? Uh, 
Uh, yeah, I thought we did a much better job managing pucks. Um, we, we we didn't really turn many pucks over. I thought, um, you know, game one, our, our turnovers kind of fed their transition and, you know, made it tough for our D to have gaps. And, um, you know, I thought uh, we did a great job of getting on the forecheck and making them come through five guys and, and the full 200 foot, uh, full 200 feet. So, um, yeah. Question for both of you, Leon. When you look at the postseason you're having, believe now you're six goals away from having, well, being tied for the most in postseason history. How do you describe what you're doing in Connor? Like when you see what he's doing, like how do you describe it? I mean, yeah, we're used to seeing you do this up, both of you really, but like do you ever both have these moments where you go, like, damn, this is really life, or are you just used to it now? Uh, <clears throat> just get ready for the next one. Um, I think. Um, it's a cliche and everyone will say it, but that's just the way it is. That's that's the way we work. I'm sure that it's the way every player in this league works. You, you know, you um, you do your part and, and, and try to do it as, as good as you can every night. Um, and you move on. Get ready for game three. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously he is uh, he's playing on another level. Um, you know, and I'm not sure why anyone be, would be surprised at this point. He's, he's you know, the best player in the world a lot of nights. And, um, you know, he's uh, he's showing that uh, on a regular basis. And, you know, like he talked about, you know, this, we're, we're, we're here for a lot more than just scoring goals and, and, and putting up points. Um, that's not what it's about at all. It's not what we're doing here. So um, we're just part of the piece. And um, that's all. Every series, Connor's a, always a bit of a tug of war of who's going to uh, dictate how it's played and things like that. You guys don't play very well in your first game. You come out here and, and lay a game down that the other coaches see, and we never got the puck all night. Uh, where does that leave this series? Where does it leave a team that, that just walked in the door, put their best game down, one by five or four or whatever it was? How do you feel about it? Um, yeah, I mean, ultimately... You know, tonight just counts as one win. That's the way it goes. Um, you know, we've been on the other side of the coin where you know, you've been blown out and, and, and you come back and, and, uh, and, and you know, it's a, it's a long series. Um, you know, I obviously like the way we played tonight. I think, um, you know, I think uh, there's a lot of things that we can build on. It's a playoff series. It's gonna, there's going to be, you know, ebbs and flows of it. Um, there's going to be momentum swings. But, you know, I thought we did a good job tonight of uh, grabbing the momentum back. Leon, your team's averaging over four goals a game against Vegas all season long. Um, nine in these two playoff games. As long as the Oilers are scoring, as long as whoever your opponent is, if you're putting pucks in the net, do you feel like you sort of you've got things going the way you want? It's not too on hockey here. It's well the way you want to play. Um, I think again that we we can play any type of game that um, that a team throws at us, but. Um, we obviously don't want to rely on scoring, having to score four or five goals every single night. That's not how we go into games. Um, you know, we, we go into games with a mindset of, of defending first and, and our skill set eventually will, will take over. Um, and I think if we stick to that, some nights it works better, better than others, but uh, if we stick to that, I like our chances. Connor, it are you at a point now where the confidence in this team is, is so high that when you say you're going to do something as a team, you can do it? Like teams always say, oh, we need to have a better game in game two. But it seems now that this team believes it every time that happens. Um, uh, I mean, we've got great belief uh, in our room. A lot of teams do at this point um, in the season. You know, there's only eight teams left, so I would say every group feels pretty good about where they're at. Um, with that being said, um, 
you know, we've we've consistently shown that we can bounce back, and um, you know, tonight was just uh, another one one of those examples. Willie Ramirez with the Associated Press. For either one of you, Connor or Leon, you guys come out for nothing. We could talk about your guys' play, the offense, but you have a Calder candidate finalist who shook off a, a rough first game and had a pretty good game in this one. Could you just talk about his play to step up? Um, yeah. Um, we weren't good enough in front of him in game one. Um, you know, and that's hard on a goalie. Um, you know, it can... can uh, can, can shake you a little bit, um, you know. But game one had nothing to do with him. It was it was all about the play in front of him. So, um, you know, we got we got great belief in Stu. Um, you know, and he's shown it all year long um, that he can step up and he's played in moments like this um, throughout his career. Um, you know, he's just doing it at the highest level now. Um, you know, but he's won everywhere, junior, American League. You know, um, you know. So he's a winner, and um, he showed that again tonight. Jumping back to Evan, I mean, when you look at just sort of the progress he's made, not only in the power play, but overall, like, what stood out to both of you about the strides you've seen, seen from him over the last two seasons? Well, I think early on in the season, um, maybe he didn't have the stability that, that he needed. Um, you know, you, you saw him play last year in the playoffs and all season long. You know, he, he had a great great partner in, in Dunkey there, a veteran guy. And um, I think Eki is, is bringing that same feeling to him a little bit. And, and there's some um, familiarity. Jesus, it's hard to say. Um, but <laughs> um, so... Yeah, you you can see what he's doing. You know, he's this confidence. He's he's playing his minutes, and um, you know the the talent's always been there. You you, you know that with him. So um, yeah, very lucky to have him. Thanks, guys. Okay, Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid at the mic for Eclipse Restoration. They lead the way tonight as the Oilers take it to the Golden Knights 5-1. We're happy to hear from you. 780-496-0063 is the hotline powered by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. You're listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Now it's Bouchard high slot. Atco power play, 50 seconds. Shot Nugent Hopkins. Off the slaw, rebound to Hyman. Taken by Nugent Hopkins. Bouchard high slot. Vegas cannot get a clear. Slot shot. Score! 2-0 Edmonton. Bouchard pounds it home. And the Oilers lead game two by a deuce. The Bush bomb in the first period. That made it 2-0. The Oilers scored four in the first. They win it 5-1 in the first period. Our quick change for Jiffy Loop, keeping him moving to and from the game. Vegas much better than the Oilers in the first period in game one. Edmonton much better in the first tonight. So the series is even. 1-1. Anthony, you're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Good evening. Great game. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say... Oh, shit. Can you hear me? Yeah, don't say that word again, please. Yeah, sorry. I apologize. No, I didn't know if you could hear me, but... No, I just want to say, great game. I mean, it's the kind of game that makes you frustrated to be an Oilers fan when they're... Uh, you know, they, when they they show such amazing potential and can just run over the competition, uh, and then have games where they come out and they're just not nearly as uh, not nearly as dominant, but it certainly puts into perspective 
you know, what's happening with the wildfires. And I just want to say, you know, that I give the best to those families and uh, hope for a quick resolution. Yeah, thanks, Anthony. We appreciate that. Um, I'll just be a bit of a contrarian to what Anthony said, Rob. I mean, regular season and playoffs combined, uh, I think I got this right. I believe the Oilers are 34-8-6 since the second half of the season. So Pretty good. I, there, hadn't, there shouldn't have been too many frustrating nights. Well, and what was it? I think they said on TV too that they've only they haven't lost back-to-back games since early February. Yeah, this is a team that's on a, a heater that uh, it just doesn't seem to end. And and I understand what what he was talking about when he said, you know what, the the Oilers, we we see a game like tonight. Why don't they do this every night? Well, there's pushback. There's other teams that play well as well. Uh, tonight, I don't think Vegas was very good. They fell behind and it and it hurt them. Uh, the Oilers come out with the same effort every night. Sometimes things don't go their way. Things bounce their way some nights, sometimes they don't. But I think the effort that the Oilers have given for the most part since, I don't know, January 1st, whatever date you just gave the, the stats from, I think it's been a pretty good effort. It's a pretty good consistent effort, hence the record that they have. And tonight was one where... Uh, they got a couple breaks early where they got on the power play. Their power play scored two goals. And then to me, the I honestly thought the game was over when it was 2 nothing. but the one that actually finalized that this was a game that the Vegas Golden Knights weren't going to come back in is when Shea Theodore, good hockey player, tries to toe-drag Connor McDavid at the blue line while on the power play. Vegas scores there, they have some life. And instead, uh, just a silly play. You just can't do that. Can't do that against Derek Ryan. You certainly can't do that against Connor McDavid. And at that point, that was the third goal. Make it 3 nothing. This game was over, and it's just a matter of the, the time running out. But that was a big mistake by the Golden Knights. All right. Uh, you're gonna, we're going to hear from a gentleman who did not get a point tonight, but he was plus one and wound up with 24 penalty minutes and five shots on goal. Here's Evander Kane. Pretty significant special team swing in that first period, Evander. I guess that, you know, when it's clicking like that, that's going to be huge for you guys. Yeah, uh, you know, I thought we did a good job of uh, capitalizing off our chains. And, um, you know, obviously it's a great start for a group. We followed up with a big shorthanded goal and a, and a five on five goal. And I think we just took the game over uh, right from the puck drop. It was to be expected that you're going to start to don't like each other after a while. It happened today. Yeah, I mean, we get it 5 nothing, right? And we know they're going to try to run around and uh, cause uh, shit and, uh, you know, get involved in the game somehow. And um, I thought we did a great job uh, answering there. And, you know, I think uh, guys want to swing their sticks and, and hit guys on top of the head there. Uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, somebody takes a look at that. They clearly came out to try to punish you in the third period. You guys pushed back. But is there a level of satisfaction that comes with driving them into that kind of mentality? I mean, for sure. I mean, like I said, I thought we did a good job staying disciplined. Um, we suck up for each other uh, when we had to. And uh, we're a team that uh, I don't think can be punished physically. So uh, we like to do the punishing. So um, we, uh, we don't mind that type of game when we're up 5 nothing. With the combination of the offense early and then the defense late, is this the best game you guys have played in the playoffs so far? Um, 
I don't know if it's the best game we've played, but you know it's a start we needed uh, early, uh, especially in a building like this, um, down one nothing in a series. We got uh, got that first period, um, you know, where we wanted it to be, up uh, up a bunch of goals, and we followed it up. You know, we we didn't let them climb back into the game. We kept uh, pushing and, and playing our game. And you know, when we do that against this team, uh, we're very confident. Does that feel different than maybe in the past? That you're able to do that, that you know you need that game, and then you're able to deliver it. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've had a, since I've been here a history of losing game ones and, and responding in, in game two. So, um, you know, it's not necessarily a trend that uh, we love losing game one, but uh, we definitely like our game twos. Leon, of course, has six goals right now. Vegas has seven. Like, how ridiculous is what he's doing in this round at the moment, just these playoffs as a whole? Yeah, you know, he's uh, he's been phenomenal in terms of uh, his finishing ability and burying his chances and, and uh, you know, just uh, carrying us, uh, especially, obviously, in that first game uh, offensively. So, um, you know, when he's playing like that, uh, you know, and, and we get other contributions from uh, up and down the lineup, we're a tough team to beat. Vander, what's it like watching this power play right now? Um, I mean, I've we've been doing it all year, so uh, <laughs> whether it's now or it was game one, it's the same. The goal was to keep the scoring from game one and cut down or pick up the defense in game two. What do you, do you think the big difference was defensively tonight? Well, yeah, that was definitely the mindset, uh, making sure that uh, we hold them to, to three or less goals, and, and we did a great job. Obviously, Stewie made some big saves there. Um, you know, that breakaway, uh, I think it was on Stevenson, um, that was a big stop, and, you know, I thought we did a good job of, of playing defense in their end, uh, especially early. So that was uh, the mindset going in, and it was good to execute. We don't see a lot of body shots in hockey straps. Is that, a, I don't know, is that a... Well, yeah, I mean, you also don't see a lot of guys getting jumped from behind and headlocked, and then, you know, when you when you want to f*** around, you, sometimes you got to find out. So um, that's what happened. Okay. Well, sometimes language gets on the air. Right, Rob? <laughs> that's sometimes it's colorful on live, live yes. radio, yeah. Yeah, and players are emotional after games. Uh, we ask everybody, of course, to don't talk like a Vander Kane when you call us. <laughs> 780 So you asked them about the body shots, though, that uh, that we talked about a few minutes ago. Well, they, that's part of the game. Um, I never had an opportunity to be on top of someone like that and start throwing body shots, so I wouldn't know if I would have done it or not. <laughs> Usually I was getting hit, so uh, it's, it's, I guess it's good to be the tough one. Well, that's a good point. It, well, quite frankly, Evander loves it, right? I mean, that's why, oh. that's why every other fan base can't stand him, and Oilers fans are like, well, we're glad, glad we got this guy. Well, and that's one of the reasons that he was brought into the Edmonton Oilers. He plays with swagger. He plays with toughness. Uh, there's, I don't know if anyone in the NHL gets intimidated anymore, but you're certainly aware when Evander Kane is on the ice, and that's what he brings and uh, has been very effective uh, in most part when he's been with the Edmonton Oilers. Okay, 5-1. The Oilers win it. The series is even. The next game is Monday at Rogers Place. We'll take a few more of your phone calls. You'll hear from Woody as well. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. A dump in for Slaw giveaway. A shot Yamamoto just wide. Rebound Yamamoto. Circle center. What timer score? And once again, it's Leon Dreisaitl. 
Well, that's Dreisaitl's 13th of the playoffs, made it 4-0. Oilers beat the Golden Knights 5-1. Now, Rob, they challenged for goalie interference. Of course, Hyman was involved. <laughs> but he is, and well, I agree with the call uh, by Bruce Cassidy. I agree he had to challenge it. Um, there was a, a, an ever-so-slight chance it could get overturned. The goal, uh, we've seen ones where we thought were automatic one way, and we're surprised when the referee or the war room went the other way. Uh, they needed that goal off the board. They were not going to come back in this hockey game down that many. Uh, so I agree Bruce Cassidy made the right choice, and I believe that the NHL got the decision right. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Brian on the line. Hi, Brian. Hey guys, uh, great, uh, great game tonight. I, I think what we saw tonight was the team that we saw in the last fourteen games of the regular season, or even the second half of the regular season. Game one with the team that we saw in the first half of the season. Tonight they just played a lot, uh, a lot tighter defensively. Uh, while still being by, by um, staying out of the penalty box, playing playing smarter, but playing uh, tougher and harder. And uh, I have to uh, I have to give kudos to uh, Yamamoto on that dry saddle goal because uh, Yamamoto uh, took the shot, missed it, but he followed through going around the net to uh, to still pick up the puck and get it up to uh, dry saddle. So, uh, so you know, kudos to him. And uh, I have to say that uh, right now Reggie Leach can probably uh, kiss his playoff uh, <laughs> uh, goal-scoring record goodbye because I think Drysaddle is going to completely smash it. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty incredible. Well, uh, Curry, Curry actually tied him, right? So there is an Oiler who, who has the record. Mm -hmm. I think Leach... I think if they were to break the tie, Leach played played fewer games for sure. But uh, well, it, it's funny, Reed. On that one, I was texting throughout the game. Not only do can or probably will Leon break that record, he might do it this series. Yeah, that's how good he is playing. And you think if the others get, if they if this thing goes just to six games, that's four more games. Say an average three power plays a game. That's twelve power plays. That's a possibility of six goals right there for Leon Dreisaitl. So it is unbelievable what he's doing right now in the playoffs. And we, I hope it continues. I hope the puck keeps finding the back of the net. But, I mean, he's, he's got all these goals. And there's been a number of grade-A scoring chances that he's been robbed on or he's hit the post. He is playing at a different level right now than he did in the regular season. And in the regular season, he had the best point total in the last well, probably 20 years. So that's how good he is playing right now. Yeah, and, and Brian mentioned staying out of the penalty box. Now, obviously, in the third period, there were some power plays with all the scrums and stuff that was going on. But, I mean, the Oilers just pushed everything, just to completely pushed the pay. I mean, they got the early power play. Derek Ryan drew a penalty, and you might say, oh, well, you know, it's an accident. The stick got up in his face. Yeah, fair enough, but Ryan's got to be there, right? Ryan's got to be there trying to create something uh, so the guy has to move the puck and the stick comes up. I mean, it, it was just uh, uh, Edmonton was just blanketing Vegas in that first period. They were, and Vegas made the mistakes of taking penalties, and they did that last game, and unfor unfortunately for the Oilers, they – didn't have the, the good responses after they scored goals. But tonight, when they got their power plays, they buried it and then continued to push. And 
Uh, I've been in those games where I've been that team where it seems like you're skating uphill an entire period. And that's what it would have felt for the Vegas Golden Knights today is it didn't matter what they tried. They didn't, the Oilers had the answer and they chased and the Derek Ryan, the penalty that was taken against him was because he was winning the race. He was winning the battle. That's when a stick comes up. A stick doesn't come up on you if the other player has the puck. The, the stick comes up on you because you've got the puck and you're winning the race. So uh, the Oilers from top to bottom. And, and I love the response from Connor and Leon afterwards. It's we're a confident team. And what are you thinking about this, that? No, no, we're just thinking about the next game. That's all that really matters. And that's the, the mindset of a team that has a goal in, in place. And the goal for this team is to win a Stanley Cup and whatever it takes. And they've had to change a few things over the course of the, the playoffs. And the biggest one they had to change is this, as we just talked about, they had to be more disciplined. Mm-hmm. They were playing silly. In the first couple of games against LA and some fans like, oh, that's not a penalty. That's not a playoff penalty. Well, they were penalties and they were silly and they were after the whistle. And the others have taken that completely out of their game right now. And they're drawing the penalties. They're the ones getting on the power play. And when they're on the power play, there's no team in the NHL that can play with them. Okay. We always love hearing from international callers. A lot of them in Australia. We got Daniel calling in from Australia tonight. Hey, Daniel, go ahead. Hey, hey, John, lads. Oh. Uh, I just thought it was a... Hello, can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. Uh, I think it was a fantastic game. It was like a they were like playing like a different team, um, and it was good to see the Oilers obviously um, pick up their game and change a few things. I'm just wondering from you guys, um, what do you think Vegas are going to do different in the next games? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, they they've got a good coach, Bruce Cassidy is a fantastic coach, and they have a good team. So there's things that they can put into place that uh, will be able to combat what the Oilers are doing. Now, they're obviously going to go have, have to go back to the drawing board with their penalty kill because they had a, a number of days before game one, and then they had a, a few days in between game one and game two to talk about how they can kill, and it hasn't worked. Uh, they, To me, they've got to do something about how the Oilers enter the zone. They can't allow Connor McDavid to carry it in because when he does, it's automatic, and once the Oilers set up, they can't be stopped. So I think they've got to figure out what they're going to do on their penalty kill And the biggest thing they're going to talk about is not taking a penalty in the first five minutes of the game. You can't chase the Oilers. It just, it is not a recipe for success. So I do believe Vegas will be better, but I, I think the Edmonton Oilers are prepared for that. I think they're two good hockey clubs that the team that executes better will come out with the victory at the end of the night. And so far through two games, Vegas executed better in game one. The Oilers executed better in game two. And game three should be a lot of fun as both teams want to get that lead in the playoff series going forward. Oilers fill on the net tonight for James H. Brown injury lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. $500 donation tonight to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous. James H. Brown given 100 bucks every time the Oilers score. Series now tied 1-1. Tony calling in as well. Tony, go ahead you guys because i was actually in a i was in a call with a bunch of people and they didn't like my philosophy on this and i didn't i don't like the fact the one thing i didn't really like was cost and fighting because vegas wanted to get the momentum back they wanted that and from what i've heard from you not only uh, analysts but even you guys have said that when a team is trying to battle back. They're going to try and get that to get it back. If they're tough, they're going to try and fight. I want to know what you guys thought of all the fighting tonight. Well, I, I thought it was fine. The Oilers are the tougher team. So getting into a physical part of uh, 
of the game or getting into the the fisticuffs the Oilers are going to come out on top they're just a uh, I've said it before they're the bully of the Western Conference there's not a team out there that can match them physical physical wise there's not a team that I think of that can match them in the Western Conference when it comes to fighting so I have no problem with the Oilers fighting the Vegas wasn't coming back in this hockey game the game was over after the first period so you weren't going to give them any momentum by getting into a fight so uh, and Costin, that's what he's here for. I mean, I don't want to see Nurse fighting. Uh, I don't want to see Hyman fighting, although he, they, they, they drop the gloves, simply because I don't want to see them get hurt, not because of momentum, just because I don't want them getting hurt. But I got no problem with the Edmonton Oilers standing up for themselves late in that hockey game. The Edmonton Oilers are built for that kind of hockey. Okay, Oilers take it 5-1. We'll take a quick timeout here. This is Heartland Ford, Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Oilers win at 5-1. Series is 1-1. That's the only NHL game tonight. Western Hockey League playoffs almost halfway through the third. Kamloops leading Seattle 4-2. So Kamloops trying to prolong that series. Seattle up three games to one. Blue Jays won 8-2 over Pittsburgh and Mage at 15-1 to won the Kentucky Derby. That's your scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins with you. Hope you are uh, doing okay if you're affected by the fires. I know it must be just uh, an awful, awful time, but thanks a lot for joining us tonight, and we uh, we hope that uh, we get some rain here and uh, maybe things get uh, back to normal and people can go back to their homes. Rob, you mentioned you got, a, you got a buddy fighting the fires? I do have a buddy, Brian, who's up there in helicopters dropping water on them. He uh, He's met him through Gord Bamford. Uh, many, many years ago, spent a, a few nights having beers with him, and he texted earlier that he was listening to the show. So I want to send out a shout-out to him and to all the all the brave uh, people out there fighting fires, trying to uh, help out and, and save homes, save, save lives. And, and for all you guys that are out there and ladies that are out there, we send you all the best of luck and, and best wishes and stay safe. Yeah, probably. And... Uh interesting couple former uh oilers have become firefighters here in the city right uh your buddy chris joseph mark fistrick as well so it is some a profession that sometimes uh men and women who have very athletic uh backgrounds get into as as well and you got to be pretty you got to have a lot of strength and endurance to do that job for you sure. do well it's so. funny at the end of my career in, in the minors uh they there used to be a lot of different firefighting uh um companies i don't know what they would call them but they'd come to us and uh, they asked for they were looking for ex-players that uh, at the end of their careers to start a new career as a, a firefighter they wanted uh, people that are team players and people that are in good shape and i just played in uh, uh hockey helps the homeless hockey tournament with for ron lowe and his wife linda the other day and fistrick and and chris joseph were both there and i can tell you that as firefighters they are in much better shape than the rest of us non uh firefighting ex-hockey players so so everyone out there, stay safe. I know that uh, it's got to be pretty scary times right now. Okay. Oilers win at 5-1. We'll go to the Certainty Hotline. We have Sir Robert. Sir Robert, go ahead, please. Uh, hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Well, obviously, game one was not the uh, was uh, obviously not the result I, I think uh, 
uh, anybody wanted. But uh, the, tonight, I love the I love the bounce back. I love how the how uh, the boys came out, just dropped the puck, and just said right away, you know what? We we are not we we are not losing this game. That was, I mean, just like to see them, like I said in the first, just come out, set the tone, and say, look. This is our game, Vegas. You want it. You're going to have to take it from us. So I thought that was really good. Skinner, great bounce back power play. I mean, what can you say? Three for six. So obviously nice to see. Nice to get the split in Vegas. Um, I guess, uh, uh, you know, I guess I'd say that uh, ultimately, uh, I think in order to uh, ultimately for the Oilers to win this series, I believe it's going to take... Uh, everybody still. I know you hear that all the time in the playoffs, but um, I think like that. I think uh, they did, if they could if they could duplicate this game three more times in the series, it'd be over. That'd be nice. But I'm uh, oh, I'm pretty sure Vegas is uh, uh, is definitely not going to let that happen. But. Hope to see uh, see where it goes starting Monday. Uh, a big game three. Yeah, well, I mean, as Robin, I've said numerous times, Robin, and I've I've said this throughout the playoffs, and had to do my picks with Bob and go on shows in other markets, and I, I've just said, look, if the Oilers play at or near their potential, they're pretty hard to beat four times in a seven-game series. And, and I know 100%. this series is far from over, but. I mean, they're a good team. I mean, yeah, they they there are good teams that cr- can create problems for the Oilers, but the Oilers can create a heck of a lot of problems for their opponents. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. I think they, they are by far the most talented team left in the playoffs. Um, there's other teams that are capable of beating them, and uh, but to win a Stanley Cup, you need you need some bounces, some breaks, and some good luck. And uh, I think to beat the Oilers, you need a couple more uh, of each of those. Uh, they're they're uh, they're playing as as good as they've ever played, and they're two star players. That's the difference between the Edmonton Oilers and any other team. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers have a good team, and they also have the two best players in the world on their team. And what we've seen now, what they do on their power play, it it them that a team could beat them four times in a series. Because to do that, you're going to have to slow down their power play, and I just don't see how that is remotely possible. So unless someone comes up with something that we have not seen defensively, the Edmonton Oilers, unless you stay out of the box for the entire game, they have an advantage every game because they are going to score one to two power play goals automatically. Well, yeah, and I mean, I do think they're resilient. I think that comes with experience and, and I mean, if having talent doesn't hurt, but, you know, they've been through. And look, Rob, there have already been two games in this postseason in which it looked early like the Oilers might get blown out. One of them they won against L.A., and the other one was game one of this series that, you know, was close to getting out of hand. I mean, it was, it was still tied early in the third period, and that was not a great game overall by the Oilers. So, you know, they're also good enough to, and you don't want to flirt with this too often, but they are good enough to be in games and win the odd game with, with a B game or maybe having an A game for only 20 minutes or so. Well, it's true because in the, the old days, when you had a lead in a hockey game, you would shut the other team down by clutching and grabbing and holding and and you would just bore the other team to death you can't do that no more and with the Oilers power play they're never out of any game any game the Oilers fall behind by three they're one power play from being within two and that's that's always in the back of the opposition's mind so they can't take penalties so that's why the the NHL in total right now no lead is safe because of the way the teams are playing now and what you're allowed not allowed to do once you get the lead and the way penalties are called nowadays in the in the, in the 
in the playoffs, but the Oilers' power play keeps them in every single game. And the Oilers having the two best players in the world keeps them in every single game. This series isn't over, but the Edmonton Oilers, I do believe, like where they're sitting right now and like the way they're playing, I feel very confident that this is a team, the Vegas Golden Knights, that they should beat. My very informal Twitter poll has named Stuart Skinner the fourth star of the game for Jandel Holmes. So there you go. We got Rocket on the line as well. Go ahead, Rocket. Hey, guys. How you doing tonight? Good. I got I got two buddies and, and, and currently two dogs, unfortunately, that are barking. But uh, my two buddies, one lives in Penticton, the other in Calgary. And uh, there are three things that I want to bring up. The first is a coach. At the end of the first period, the last lead you want is 3 nothing. We took it to 4, so we talked a lot about that. Second thing, uh, which I didn't bring up until about under five minutes in the third period, was when was, and it was a trivia question I sent them, when was the last time the Oilers were up 5 nothing in a Stanley Cup playoffs? And Grant Fuhrer was in that, and you know what happened there. Uh, so they lost that 6-5. And lastly, we're all 57, 58. Uh, I'll be 58 in June 10th, and uh, uh, we wanted to uh, give our condolences to Peter Klima, who, uh, you know, we were all there to watch that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the one thing, I'm one thing, sure. we, one thing I'm going to disagree with though on on that conversation. Any coach out there that doesn't love a three nothing lead at the end of one. Uh, and well, Rocket's going to think we're nitpicking his call. The Oilers had a five nothing <laughs> lead May seventh, twenty seventeen against Anaheim. Won the game seven one. That's the mo- that's the last time I can remember them leading a playoff game five nothing. It's usually a pretty good lead. So it's in, usually a pretty a good lead, but unfortunately yeah. they blew a very. <laughs> I guess an oil country infamous uh, 5 nothing lead. That was a long time ago. But we do appreciate Rocket calling. 7804960063. Uh, we also have Andrew on the line as well. Go ahead, Andrew. I was just uh, wanting to talk about the old uh, Connor McDavid, Jack Eichel thing. It's night and day. I'm actually a Sabres fan rooting for the Oilers. Just, you know, watching him tonight. He's an eight-year veteran and he... he Eichel still plays like a rookie, man. So good for you guys and uh, all the best. Well, I mean, I still think Jack Eichel's a very good player. Um, but, yeah, there's no comparison between between the two guys. And, and no, the only, Eichel the only might player have gone first you're... overall in almost any other year. I mean, he, he still is good. He, he's but... very good, but the only, the only player you can compare against Connor McDavid is his own teammate, Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah. Someone, someone asked me before the series if, if McDavid versus Eichel is a storyline, and I said no, because in ho- hockey, such a no. complex team sport, I don't always like those anyway. Plus, it's not on the same, they're not on the same level. You know? Well, didn't Connor, I think, had almost 100 points more than Jack Eichel this year. It was close to that. So, no, there's no comparison anymore. Okay. You're going to hear from uh, Jay Woodcroft as well. We'll bring you a quick uh, news update. Obviously, a lot going on with the fires. Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins, Oilers win 5-1. Heartland Ford, overtime open line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 
Here's a chip beyond the reach of Vinny Dayarnay. Kulak hit hard in the corner. Derek Ryan can't get there. Chance, a steal on Theodore, and here comes Connor McDavid. Pulls away from Theodore to the net, pokes it home. Short-handed goal. Connor McDavid, 3-0 Edmonton. Well, a little brilliance there for McDavid as the Oilers, I think we got to say, are up, finally score a short-handed goal after leading the NHL <laughs> in the regular season. They get one in their eighth postseason game and not through lack of opportunities they've had some good looks uh, last game Kane to McDavid had a great chance this one just a silly play by theater you just don't do that to the world's best player trying toe drag it usually doesn't end up well for you Oilers win 5-1 series is 1-1-780-496-0063 we have Richard on the line Richard go ahead yeah, good day um I'm uh uh, you haven't heard the word uh, goalie coach in Edmonton for a long time. The last couple of years, it's been fire the bum, fire the bum. And now, what's the score with that? Has he improved that much or this, has the team improved that much? Well, we've had goalie coach calls this year. Trust me. Uh, okay. Dustin Schwartz is the goalie coach. Uh, I, I think he's a good goalie coach. I, I think uh, people are looking for someone to blame when things don't go well. Uh, I have the Oilers had goalies who have struggled over the years. Sure. Have the Oilers had good goaltending performances while he's been here? Yeah, I mean, Cam Talbot had maybe the best year of his career under Dustin Schwartz. Miko Koskinen was never great in Edmonton, but he wasn't in the NHL before he came to Edmonton, and now he's not in the NHL after. So sometimes you can only work with what you get too, right, Rob? You do, and when you talk uh, with teams about who they have as a goalie coach, it's who they their goalies want. Uh, the goalie, the goalies, if they like the goalie coach, the goalie coach is going to stay. And I, I know Schwartz, I know know him very well. That puts in a harder effort, and there's nobody that has an intensity like he does. Uh, he's done a nice job here. The goalies like him, and. Uh, I think the Edmonton Oilers organization is very happy with what he's done. Okay, we also have Eric on the Certainty Hotline. Hi, Eric. Go ahead. Hi. I've been a long-time listener since about 2009, first time calling in. I'm actually calling in from Guam. Oh, nice. Uh, just a quick oh, comment. I read uh, No One Wins Alone by Mark Method, and I've just been noticing Jay Woodcroft over the last year and a half that he's been coaching that there's just – uh, such a change in the leadership group, even among McDavid and Drysaddle, uh, just the way that um, no matter whether they're winning or losing, there's just this um, understanding of what leadership takes and this including of everyone on the team uh, in the winning process. And I'm just seeing that even when McDavid and Drysaddle, the last couple games have pretty much driven all the offense just to see that they're um, – there's just this continuing belief in every player being included in the win and the need for every player um, to be playing their role. And I just think it's been really neat to see just that change in understanding of what leadership looks like and the change in culture, having listened for like 15 years, it's a big difference. So uh, how long have you lived in Guam? Yeah, I've been out here for, for a year. I grew up in Edmonton until I was 19, went to college in the States, and uh, I'm out here um, actually interning at a, at a church out here, but continue to listen to you guys every, every, every week. So, yeah, I enjoy it a lot. 
Well, we appreciate that. Thanks. And it's in the afternoon there, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it's one thirty-nine. Okay. Awesome. Well, we appreciate that, Eric. There you go, Rob. More internet. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's really, and I like what he talked about there. And the, the leadership group for the Oilers have accomplished everything individually that you could ever dream of. I mean, when you talk about Leon and Connor with MVP awards, goal scoring awards, points awards, uh, they've accomplished that. But they do know that the one thing that separates them from all the greats right now is the Stanley Cup. And I know that Connor was named a captain at a young age and they became the leadership group at a very young age. And as much as what they thought at that point was the proper way to lead, uh, they, they've grown with experience. And every year you learn something new and you uh, find out what works better as a leader, what you need to do to be a better leader. And I think that the, if you ask them, they'll probably tell you they are, or have a stronger leadership understanding now than they did five years ago. And that's just through experience. And right now they got one goal, and it's win a Stanley Cup, whichever way it is. And they know that to do that, they, they are not going to be able to do it alone. It's going to take uh, great efforts by Derek Ryans and Ryan McLeods and, and DeHarnays and Kulaks. It's not just the star players that win a Stanley Cup. It's an entire team, and they're not blind to that. So, yeah, I do believe they're a much stronger leadership group now than they ever have been. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think anybody would be – you should be better, more focused – you know, from 18 or 19 to, to 26 and 27, right? You I, would like, think, Reed, you would but think, I got well, some buddies that well, uh, I'm enough. sure well, they've matured a whole lot in the last 30 years. Well, but there, you, can, you can still be maybe a little immature and still be wise. <laughs> I don't know. No, but I, just experience. Uh, the, <laughs> the loss to Colorado taught them something. And I mean, Gretzky and, and Messi and all them talked about how they lost in, or how they learned in their loss to the New York Islanders, how they learned in their loss to the L.A. Kings experience is the only way you, you, you learn from your experiences by having the experience to start with. So yeah, the Oilers leadership group is a much better, much smarter, much more experienced group now than yeah. they were a few years ago. Well, and it's, I, I don't know if you heard, we didn't talk about this, Rob. I played it on inside sports uh, that Giannis Santacanupco, the guy from the bucks, that's a good player. They got yep. upset in the first round. He's a good player. He's an awesome player. Mm, yes. And that re reporter said, is this season a failure? And he said, well, you know, Michael Jordan played 15 seasons. He won six championships. So was he, was he a failure nine times? <laughs> you know, like it's not. I I, I know it's, it's sometimes it's it's black and white, and especially when we talk to fans after games, there's often a lot of emotion. Players, I I I, I don't think anyway. Players don't process it that way, right? I think that's what Anton Kanupko is saying, and he, and he has won a title. You know, it's not. Well, I guess I'm a loser because we didn't win the Stanley <laughs> Cup. I mean, if every like it's not like the 31, what you know, 31 times 23 or whatever it is. All the players that don't win Stanley Cups, they don't spend their summer thinking, "Well, I'm a loser. I don't know why I chose hockey as a profession." They're thinking like, "Okay, what am I going to do about it?" Right? And when's the opportunity? And that's one thing you and I have stressed. This this is a the best Oilers regular season. I know they won cups in '88 and '90. This is the best Oilers regular season since '87. You know now they're mm -hmm. into the second round of the playoffs, and now the league is so big and the margin of victory or defeat is so small. You just hope they use it, right? You hope they they embrace it because sometimes even the great teams and great players, you never know when you're going to get back, right, or be close again. It's true, and that's why the regular season to some seems so long because <laughs> that's not what they're playing for. They're playing for playoff time, and it just seems like it takes forever to get back to where they want to be. 
But once you get that opportunity, you want to take full advantage of it. And this Oiler team is the best Oiler team that they've had forever. And they're playing in a, a league right now where some of the other top teams have faltered. There's teams that are uh, banged up a little bit. This is the greatest opportunity the Edmonton Oilers have had a chance to win a Stanley Cup since uh, the 1990 or whatever it was. So they want to take advantage of it. And thus far, their focus is late. It is, it is so strong, their focus right now, because they know they have one goal. And that's what that's the only thing they want to achieve. And that's to be playing Stanley Cup over their heads. Okay. We still got to get our, our the uh, Woodcroft post game in. We're going to try to get to as many calls as we can. Uh, Patrick is on the whole is on the line as well. Patrick, it's all you. Hey, um, there was one thing that kind of bothered me in the game, and it was um, who's Vegas's coach? Is that Bruce Cassidy? Bruce Cassidy. Yeah, Cassidy. His challenge on uh, the fourth goal we scored. For me, it's kind of like. To me, it's 100% obvious that's not goaltender interference. And he's probably even seen the clip before he challenged it. Hyman wasn't even in the blue paint. Oh, no, it was a hail. It's a fishing expedition because they're losing 4 nothing. Yeah, It was the right call. 100% it was the right call. That's the thing that bothers me. Like, why challenge it when you're a professional coach? Like, you know it's not getting called back. But that's but not true, though. That's that's not true, though, sir, because we've seen calls that we were 100% sure that was going to go one way and it went another way. The, I'm pretty sure that the Edmontonlers were 100% sure that that was a high stick in the L.A. series, and it wasn't called the proper way. So Bruce Cassidy, 100%, yeah. if I was him, I was I was making that same call yeah, it's and, not... hoping, and hoping for some reason the referees see it yeah. a different way than everyone else. I, I'm sure. I'm sure he knew he probably wasn't going to win the yeah. challenge, but he 100%. had to say he had to try to take a goal off the board. Yeah, 100%. He had to do that. He had yeah. to, and he had to hope that they made yeah. a mistake and the goal was taken off. That was his only chance for the Vegas Golden Knights coming back in this game. Okay, we have uh, we have Woody on the line. I don't think it's Jay Woodcroft calling in. Woody, go ahead. <laughs> no, I wish I was making his money. I'd be happy. Uh, no, on tonight's game, you know what I thought? Uh, this is, is going to really bomb the team. I think Vander Kane, when he's playing this way and what he's doing like he did tonight, he brings a swagger and he kind of brings the rest of the team into that kind of a game. And I, I really believe this is going to be good. I think this is going to be a shorter series than we think because I think the orders got a little swagger tonight. They just realized they can put their will on the other team like they did with L.A. And I, I think this was a, a game changer. And I've been pretty hard on the orders in the playoffs. I honestly don't think that there was any game changer in this. I think the Oilers had that swagger, and they f- knew that they could put the pressure on any team in the NHL already. This tonight, tonight, what you saw was just what they believe in themselves. This Oiler team feels they're going to win the Stanley Cup. They believe they're going to win the Stanley Cup, and anything less than that would be considered a failure. So I, I agree what you said about Evander Kane. He gives them a swagger, but this whole team has a swagger. And I don't think tonight they learned anything about themselves. This is already how they portrayed themselves. They are a team that can beat you any way you want. Okay, we also got Doug. Go ahead, Doug. Listen, um, I don't know if I came up earlier. I tuned in a little bit later. But uh, uh, tonight's game, obviously, two best players, they score four or five goals. So that's the game right there as far as the goal scoring. But the game is so much more than just those two guys and the goals they score in their offense they provide and no no more evident than when uh uh Costin got nailed blocking a shot and then <laughs> took another 
one on the side on the way off the ice type thing. The whole bench, the whole bench stood up and just banged the boards like crazy, just as much as if he scored a goal type thing. Eh? So basically, it's what I'm getting at. It takes a lot more than just scoring goals. And uh, again, Clinton did a heck of a thing uh, blocking those shots. And it, go, it speaks volumes of the team going forward. Eh? Yeah, it does. It's a great point. And in, in all honesty, him blocking those shots meant more than him scoring a goal. Scoring a goal is easy. Blocking a shot hurts. And to do it two back-to-back in a game that has already been decided, that, that means a lot to his teammates. So, yes, for him to do that, that whole bench was erupted because it, it, you got to be brave to go block a shot late in a hockey game. Oilers win 5-1. We have Trey on the Certainty Hotline. Trey, go ahead. Hey, guys. Um, First-time caller. Uh, but I've been listening to you guys for years. My dad used to listen to Sixer Chat uh, all the time. Um, just one thing, um, like uh, like Rob said, that it's like the depth players that are the ones that kind of make the difference. Who do you think the depth player that we have that needs to step up? Because like I'll use Carolina for example, when Justin Williams decided to put the team on his back. Um, who do you think is the person that has to step up the most in like the third and fourth line role? The only difference with D- Justin Williams, he wasn't a depth player. He was a he was an elite player. Uh, for the Oilers, I think all the depth players have stepped up. It just at different times. I don't think you need on a team that's got Connor and Leon and Kane and Nugent Hopkins and Hyman. You don't need. Uh, the Oilers aren't as desperate for a Fernando Pisani to score 13 or 14 goals or whatever he got, because they have guys that are capable of doing that. I think they need guys on every different on given di- every different night where you have a a Costin score a big goal or a Ryan or a Bukestad. Uh, just you need a, a group mentality out of their bottom six, and they've gotten that thus far. Different guys have contributed on different nights. I think that's what the Edmonton Oilers needs out of their bottom six, and thus far in the playoffs, a big reason and uh, one of the reasons that they've moved on as as far as they have is simply because their bottom six has been doing that. Okay, last call is going to go to Darcy. Darcy, go ahead. Hey, guys. So, before the series started, I I had the Oilers pegged in four or five. Flat out. This is their stamp on the NHL stating that we are the team. And they are the team. They are the team to beat. I get it, man. They haven't won anything yet. But this is the team. And I think tonight they, they, they... moved forward on that status. I think McDavid and Dreisaitl are going to rip this series apart. I really do. And I think Jay Woodcroft not getting at least looked at for coach of the year is an absolute travesty. This team is that good. And Rob, you just said it. Man, like this team is focused on winning the Stanley Cup. Anything less than that is a failure. And the swagger that the team needs to possess isn't just in the team, but it's in the fan base as well. We should expect, as a fan base, for this team to go win the Stanley Cup. So if you're sitting there and saying this can go six or seven, give your head a shake. We should dominate this, this round. And it's not taking anything away from Vegas. It's just the fact that this team is that good. They've gone through the trials and errors. They've gone through the sweeps. They've gone through the disappointment of losing to Chicago. They've gone through through Winnipeg and the whole fiasco that that was. They went through last year. And I do believe that this team is going to dominate the rest of the series. 
Now, if you guys don't agree with me, please come back at me and explain to me why you don't think they're going to dominate the rest of the series. Well, I, I would never predict domination because I think Vegas is an excellent hockey team. Yeah, I agree. The sense of, what, of, of being nice? Really? Like, what, what tells you that Vegas can play with the Oilers? Well, they, they beat them in game one. Well, no, no. You're, you're looking at one game. Yeah, but you, but you just asked me. You just asked Darcy, me a question, Darcy. You asked a question, and I said, "What, what, what do I think that yeah. Vegas could compete with the Oilers?" I said, "Well, they won Game One, so obviously they can." I do believe the Oilers are the better team, and they should win the series, and they might win it in five. But I do believe that the Vegas Golden Knights are a good hockey club and are capable of beating the Oilers, and I know that because they won Game One. Let me ask you this: Ninety-ninety-one mm-hmm. Penguins. <clears throat> yep. What what happened during that season that made that team go from being a 500 team, which they were for a part of the season, to being a Stanley Cup champion, following up with another Stanley Cup championship? Now, you know when the, know when their best team was? You know when their best team was in Pittsburgh? It was the third year, the one they didn't win the Stanley Cup. That was yeah. their best team. Ask Jack Michaels about that. I, I, Just, I the best team doesn't always win. It doesn't. The Boston Bruins were the best team this year. They didn't beat the Florida Panthers. Now, the Oilers are capable of winning the Stanley Cup. Let's I said that before, Rob, let's before just it let, started. Let's just let Darcy finish here. Okay. Okay, well, okay Rob, what I'm asking is this. Because you're on that team, right? Nope. So you, you, were there, you were there for at least a part of the season. Yep, I was, yes. You're on the roster. Yep. So something happened during that season when a team was actually, I believe, and I, I could be wrong, Rob, but... That team was below 500 around Christmas. The reason that team won a Stanley Cup is they made a trade. They made a trade and got Ron Francis and Ole Samuelson. And that changed, that changed the Pittsburgh Penguins. Ron Francis oh. is a Hall of Famer, and he got traded, and he was their second-line center. That's oh, why I, they became a Stanley Cup champion. In no way am I, am I comparing Ron Francis to Matthias Eckholm. No way. No. Please. Do not, no, do but, not. but I'm agreeing that the, the Oilers are capable of winning a Stanley Cup. I, I agree with you 100%. I believe they're better than Vegas. But you're saying that, that Vegas doesn't have a chance or shouldn't be considered. A, I said they beat the Oilers once. So this series is not over. I, 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 I agree with you that it's not over. And, and, yes, of course Vegas could win. What I'm saying is that the Oilers are going to put their stamp on the NHL in this series. Well, they might. I mean, call us, might, at, yeah. call us at the end of the series. I mean... I don't know if you listen to other shows. I picked the Oilers to win. Not only did I pick the Oilers to win this series, I picked them to win the Stanley Cup. So I must think they're pretty damn good. But that doesn't mean I think it's going to be a a rollover or a cakewalk or anything like that. And I'm, no, I'm not I'm not saying that Vegas is good to be nice. I'm saying that Vegas is good because they, they are good. They won the Western Conference. And the, and the, 90, and the 91 Penguins were down three games to one in the first round. And actually, so, in, look, in look, one of the series, or part of me, uh, they were down three New games to two, about to knock them three out. two, yeah, three two. Yeah. yeah, so no, it's they certainly could win the Stanley Cup, and they do have the best team. I said that earlier; they're the most skilled team. They're the best team in the NHL right now. That doesn't guarantee you anything, unfortunately. Okay. Here's what we're going to do. Uh, we'll we'll take a break here. We'll get you the news, and then we'll finally get you the uh, Jay Woodcroft post. Rob, you're dismissed for the night. Thanks for staying late. Good night. Okay, 5-1, the Oilers take it. This is Heartland Ford, Overtime Open Line. 
Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Subtle wins the draw. Already a 4-0 lead in game two. Here's Nugent Hopkins. Side of the net, McDavid. Shoots and scores. Connor McDavid, power play goal. 5-0 Edmonton. The Oilers pouring it on in Sin City. Jack Michaels with the call. Oilers beat the Golden Knights 5-1. McDavid squeaking one past Brassois on the power play. Brassois was pulled after the second period, allowed five goals on 31 shots. Edmonton outshot Vegas 19-4 in the first period. Final shots were 35-31 for the Oilers. Aiden Hill played for Vegas in the third Skinner stops 30 of 31. Oilers power play 3 for 6. Vegas power play 0 for 3. Plus Edmonton scored a shorthanded goal. Series is 1-1. Here's head coach Jay Woodcroft. Uh, maybe we'll talk about the power play in a minute, but maybe just overall what you saw from your team tonight that you liked, uh, that you thought they brought tonight. Yeah, I thought it was a good game for our team. We were fast. We were physical. Uh, we got on top of them early and we were able to assert the type of game we wanted to play tonight. Talk about team toughness and maybe feel like that power play of yours is a way to, to exert that at times as well? Yeah, uh, it's a big part of our team identity. And, you know, when teams are undisciplined and run around, you know, it's one of the ways we can make them pay. One of the ways. Jay, your power play was obviously very good in the regular season before Evan Bouchard kind of took it over. I know he was understudying in that role too, but yeah. how do you find, how have you found rather that it's, it's kind of changed with, with Evan kind of at the helm there? Um, you know, I would agree. I was watching the press conference of Connor and Leon. I don't think it's changed that much. Um, and because he's had time uh, last year understudying, um, it's not all brand new to him. He has an understanding of how it flows. Um, he does have a big shot, um, but he brings the puck up the ice well, and uh, the more experience he gets on it, the, the better he will be, and it's, he's been pretty good. Jay, Connor was just sitting here, and he talked about how your team wasn't going to back down when it got physical. How did you kind of like the way that your team responded to everything happening on the ice? Well, I would start... Um, right off the bat by saying, you know, I like the way our team responded tonight from how we played in game number one. I think that's a true measure of any team is how you respond or how you react when things don't go your way. And certainly in game number one, um, that game didn't go the way we wanted it to. I think it was the first regulation loss in seven or eight weeks or something like that. But, um, you know, so how we responded, uh, I'm proud of our, our team. Uh, you know, we talk a lot about uh, being mentally tough. And part of being, I think being mentally tough is a choice you make. There's going to be disappointments and setbacks along the way, but how you react or respond, I think that's really important. Um, in terms of the physical play and all that type of stuff, we have more than enough people that can uh, take care of that side of things. And, um, you know, I was proud of our team togetherness today. There was a lot that happened in that 60 minutes. Do you expect any discipline from the league or? or how, oh, how everything kind of shaked out? You know what? I stood here today, or no, maybe yesterday, and I, I talked about how the Edmonton Oilers don't lobby through press conferences or the media. I'm sure the appropriate people will take a look at um, different situations that occurred. And, you know, we just want to make sure that, you know, people aren't out there swinging sticks around and, and uh, being reckless like that. But, um, like I said, I'm more than proud with our team togetherness and, 
and our uh, stick stick togetherness. The way you controlled possession tonight, I mean, in five on five, what would you say was the difference with what you saw from game one, the game two, in terms of why you were able to just consistently own the puck and really just kind of take the life out of them in different spurts of the game? Yeah, I thought we were, our, we had our skating legs, our seat legs under us right off the bat, right from the very first shift. Um, you know, and I thought, we were able to come out their team in waves. Uh, there was a reason they took the penalties they did is because we were playing at a certain pace. Um, you know, and uh, all that said, that's one game. They have one on the board. We have one on the board. And now we get to go home to the best fans in the National Hockey League. It was clear they came out in the third period and were trying to punish you. When a team comes out and tries to send a message for game three or however it goes and your team responds the way they did, how does that set you up going forward in the series? Well, I mean, I mean, you've seen the size of our team. You, you're out at the bench sometimes, and you get to see them in practice or in warm-up. We're we're not uh, we're no shrinking violet team. We have some big humans out there and uh, people that uh, can more than capably take care of themselves. I've not seen the Edmonton Oilers pushed out of any hockey game uh, during my time as the head coach. We have uh, some people that uh, relish those opportunities. They're not bluffers. They're, they can take care of themselves in, in certain ways. Um, but what I liked is how we stuck together and made sure that nobody took liberties. Um, you know, that's one way, and we did it whistle to whistle. We protected ourselves and everything like that, but we did it whistle to whistle. Uh, as I said, there was no one on our team swinging sticks around or anything like that. It was, uh, we have uh, honest uh, toughness. And, um, you know, uh, I got the question earlier, part of our toughness is our power play. The other side of it, we have more than enough people that can take care of it. Connor, sorry, Connor pointed out that uh, he didn't think your team was good enough in front of Skinner last game, so yep. game one's not on him, but I wanted to get your take on his play game two compared to game one. Yeah, I mean, you know, as I said after the game, we didn't love how we played in game number one. We were one shot away. We scored four goals on their goaltender and their team in game number one, we were one shot away. So, you know, for us, our thought process, you know, heading into game number two was, well, there's a clear area that has to get cleaned up here. And it's the play on the defensive side of things. We're, you know, we got five more goals on their goaltender today in two periods. Um, you know, so for me, you know, our emphasis on that side of things uh, showed up. And when called upon tonight, uh, Stewart answered uh, admirably. He was excellent when called upon. Um, but I would say game one, that, that's on the team. That's not on the goaltender. We didn't, we didn't have a nearly a good enough game in front of them, and, and there was a lot of things that could get cleaned up. And we cleaned some of them up here tonight. But as I said, in the end, all we get is one tick on the board. They have one tick on the board, but we get to go home to the best fans, most passionate fans. You know, we get to represent our city and the province of Alberta here in the second round, and we're proud of that. Jay, any team that has any designs at this point, their final eight, they have any designs of going far, they need to respond like you guys did tonight. Mm -hmm. 
that culture, does it just come from experience of, of doing it over and over, or is there something else? Well, you know, I, that's why I tried to say earlier with the mental toughness side of things. There, you know, we have an approach to how we go about our business every day. Um, you're going to have some good days in the National Hockey League, and you're going to have some tough days. But we try and use the full 82-game schedule to prepare ourselves for this time of year. And, um, you know, that culture, that mindset, that's driven by our leadership group. Jay Willer Ramirez with the Associated Press. The power play scoring, it takes them out of their game, 4 nothing lead, obviously, but from jump, dictating the pace um, and not allowing them to control in any way, shape, or form um, has to be at the forefront. How important did you see that in terms of just take them out of the game before anyone even scored a goal? Mm, yeah, you know what? I thought I liked our start. I thought uh, we did some things uh, that we wanted to do. We asserted ourselves right off the bat and played the game at the pace that we wanted to play. Um, part of that was how we managed pucks. Um, you know, and part of it was the way the game played itself out. But, uh, you know, as I said, proud of our group for our response. But this game is finished. We'll enjoy it for the next 15 minutes. And then tomorrow we get back to work and prepare uh, for a really good team. But in our arena, in front of our passionate fan base on Monday night. Well, an oil country will be good making thanks, noise Monday night. Here's the broadcast time, 4.30 for the face-off show here on 6.30, Chad. The game will start at 6.30, Game 3, Oilers and Golden Knights. The series now 1-1 after the Oilers' 5-1 victory tonight. Two more goals for Dreisaitl, two goals and an assist for McDavid. Hyman, three assists, power plays three for six. Skinner stops 30 out of 31. Big thanks to Andrew Connell, our studio producer this evening. Get more on the Oilers on 630Chad.com, globalnews.ca. Of course, Bob Stoffer will have Oilers now for from noon to 3 on Monday. Our game broadcasts are presented by Friesen Brothers. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.